This show is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. If you're starting a show, I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Welcome into an episode of Slab Talk. I'm your host, Amil Sarfani, and this is my sports card show. You can follow me on Instagram at the Slab Talk. You can also follow me on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate you tuning in today. Um, I want to start off today's episode uh, by just saying thank you to everyone who's listened for the past six episodes. We're into episode seven today, uh, and I just want to say uh, thank you for all the support. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Uh, I really appreciate it. This content has been uh, super fun for me to make um, and, a, and a great addition to how I get to have fun in the sports card world. So uh, again, just want to say thank you. If you have any questions about what you hear on the show or anything on Instagram, uh, if you have any topics that you want me to cover or any constructive criticism that you have or something else you want to hear on the show, please feel free to to DM me on Instagram. I've really enjoyed those conversations with anybody who has listened and provided that feedback. Um, so I'm always open and I love talking card strategy. So uh, just want to start off the show by saying thank you um, to everyone who's listened. Um, let's get right into episode seven today. Uh, I'm going to be breaking the show into a few different segments um, today. So the first segment that I'm going to be getting into is what I call the sports card rewind. We'll be talking about, um, I'll be sharing some thoughts about events that have happened in the past week uh, or different cards that I'm looking at that are changing in price or attention uh, in that last week. So that's going to be the first segment today. Um, and then the meat of today's episode will be uh, how I look at modern basketball. I'm going to be breaking out the players that I look at for all of modern basketball into tiers based on kind of a risk level that, I assi- that I'm assigning to them. Helps me make sure that I'm playing in modern basketball as much as I love it in a safe way that kind of diversifies my risk a little bit here and there. We all, I know I love playing in the modern basketball uh, card market. You're watching the players on the screen, uh, and it's 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 a mini bet that you're kind of making on the players and, and the teams that you're watching earlier in the season. So when they get to the playoffs, uh, hopefully, you know, barring any injury, you're you're reaping the rewards of some of the uh, some of the bets you made earlier on the players and teams that you really like. And so I'll be breaking down all the active players that I look at uh, into tiers. Um, so hopefully that helps you. That's how I think about it. Uh, but it's just a fun discussion to have. Uh, it's something I did on the last. Uh, live I had on Instagram at the very tail end of it is starting to talk about it. So I want to dedicate some time on the show to talk about these tiers uh, for modern basketball. The third segment of today's episode uh, will be what I call sports card fundamentals. Um, it's going to be topics that I wish were explained to me when I first started. And I think that there's a lot of new people coming to the hobby right now. If you're listening right now, hopefully this segment kind of helps break down um, maybe something a little bit more basic, but something that I wish I had been told uh, going into the hobby. The hobby is complicated. There's a lot of pieces of it. There's a lot of process items that were a little confusing at the time and made uh, being in the sports card hobby a little daunting. Um, So hopefully uh, you get some value out of that and explain something basic. Today, we're going to be talking about shipping there. Um, So let's get right into it uh, with the sports card rewind. Um, Today's sports card rewind, 
I'm going to be focused on the Super Bowl Sunday that we just got to watch. Um, you know, for Super Bowl Sunday for, for me is a really fun time for my wife and I. We always host a party we have for the last three or four years. We have our friends over, uh, grill some wings or, or order in some wing stop. So uh, we always have a really good time with Super Bowl Sunday. We didn't get to host really all that much this year just because of all the COVID stuff happening. So um, we still grilled some wings, had a good time. Uh, had a you know wish the game was a little bit better because uh, the Chiefs did lose pretty handily in that game. Um, but I think that the the injuries that they had to their offensive line really hurt them during that game. I mean, I think that was really an understated part of going uh, of that game um, and going into that game was how many injuries the Chiefs had on their offensive line. Patrick Mahomes still made some really sick throws uh, and a lot of drop balls by Chiefs wide receivers and even Travis Kelsey. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the Bucks were the better team, and, and they showed it on Sunday. Congrats to Tom Brady and any Tom Brady fans and Buccaneers fans. Uh, I know for me, it's always tough to watch Tom Brady win. Um, he did take away a Super Bowl, or I rather I should say we gave it away. I'm a, unfortunately a Falcons fan, uh, and so couple years ago that was not fun watching Tom Brady take that Super Bowl from us or us giving it away however you want to look at it but congrats to Tom Brady he is the undisputed goat as much as I'm not a fan of Tom Brady and wasn't really growing up uh you got to give it to him what he's been able to do uh at, at the age of 43 being on a team for year one on a new team and a new system um, being able to take that team to the Super Bowl and win uh I don't know that's that's insane uh, and and Congrats to him. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, and today's rewind, I kind of want to break down what I think is really the interesting part of this. Obviously, this is a sports card show. We're going to be talking about his sports card uh, uh, prices right now. So I want to jump into the numbers a little bit for the Tom Brady card because I think something really fascinating is happening for Tom Brady cards right now. Um, typically, every time a season ends, we've seen it last year when when football season ended, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh, even Patrick Mahomes cards drop in price along with all of the other football cards because the attention goes elsewhere. And so you typically see a dip in prices right after the season ends. Um, we saw it last year with Patrick Mahomes. He's still relatively young, so that makes sense. But a lot of people cashed out on that uh, and it drove the or tried to cash on it, cash out on it, uh, increase the supply on eBay, which you know, drove the prices down. A lot of people were clearly trying to flip those Patrick Mahomes cards last year, and they drove some of the prices actually down even after he won the Super Bowl. We saw the same thing in basketball after LeBron James won the championship last year uh, After in the bubble. He won, and even though that was his fourth championship, adding to an already incredible legacy, LeBron James prices came down after the basketball season ended with people trying to take advantage of uh, of him winning and maybe trying to uh, cash out of some of the cards. But what that ends up doing is that just floods the market with supply. And of course that brings the card market, the, the card prices down. So you saw it with LeBron James, you saw it with Patrick Mahomes last year. Uh, but what we're seeing with Tom Brady prices is pretty fascinating right now. I think what we're seeing and uh, what this does to his legacy, he was already at six Super Bowls, already the undisputed goat of football. But him winning a seventh the way he won it, and in the midst of the context that we're seeing with the Michael Jordan cards and the Kobe and LeBron cards, uh, you're actually seeing uh, the two sales after Super Bowl Sunday be higher than what they were beforehand. So if you're on YouTube, I'm on the screen. And if you're on the podcast, don't worry, I'm going to be talking through it. 
I'm looking at the 2000 Bowman Chrome Tom Brady in a PSA 10 right now, which was going for um, just around $20,000 right before the game started. Um, and so that price, uh, there's two sales that ended after Super Bowl Sunday on February 8th. One was for uh, 26800 and another one that ended after that auction at $29,657. So what we're seeing is that those prices are climbing up. And I think that the reason why this is happening is because we're starting to see a shift in the debate uh, for with Tom Brady as not only just the greatest of all time for football, but the greatest all, of all time potentially as an athlete, the greatest athlete of all time being compared to now you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron James in that way. Um, and, and I think when you when, when I'm seeing this shift in the debate happen this way, where people are talk, starting to talk about Tom Brady at the age he's doing it and how many Super Bowls he does have in football, which is incredibly hard to have seven Super Bowls. It's harder to have championship, Super Bowl wins than it is to have NBA championships, in my opinion. Super Bowl is a harder sport. You barely ever even see back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, much less a dynasty that Tom Brady is, is, is has currently created in his career. Um, and so I think that we're starting to see that shift of seeing Tom Brady in this even higher light than we did before. And it's being reflected and it's bucking all the trends that we see typically after season ends. I think that card still has room to go. It's currently at 29657 And I think that it's going to keep going up because of what we're seeing and you apply it to the context of what else is happening in the card market when we're seeing what the Jordan and the LeBron James Topps Chrome is doing and the Michael Jordan Fleer 86 PSA 10 is doing. Um, I think that's an, you know, I think that that's what we're seeing right now. And it's pretty insane to happen. If it does dip in price, I may try to make a run at that card. It would be a huge card, but, um, I, you know, that card's going to continue to go up, I think, with Tom Brady winning a seventh Super Bowl. So that's pretty insane. Uh, I, now I kind of want to shift gears to Patrick Mahomes cards because he was the person, the quarterback that lost the Super Bowl, and we are seeing immediately his card prices take a huge dip. So right before the Super Bowl, his card was going for about $15,000 right before the game started. This is his 2017 uh, Prism Silver, Prism Prism, PSA 10, um, his true rookie card there, and it was going for about 15000 right before the game. And for anybody who bought that, card between ten and fifteen thousand dollars that is gambling at that time at that point it's not really investing and you're seeing the effects of it because immediately two sales the auction that ended right after the Super Bowl uh uh game ended ended at eleven thousand eight hundred down from fifteen thousand and then today we saw a best offer accepted on that card for eighty five hundred dollars all the way down from fifteen thousand down to eighty five hundred dollars I think if that card and it's happening so fast as it drops, so I don't see why it doesn't maybe keep going down a little bit. Um, but I think if I think it has a chance to maybe come back down to this five thousand dollar level. If so, I may even be a buyer for this card. But that's what's happening in the Patrick Mahomes card. He is still insanely talented. We saw it on the field, even with a messed up offensive line, even with his receivers dropping dropping passes. He was throwing insane. Uh, uh, passes. I mean, the one where he's falling down, slinging it side-armed that hits the receiver in the face mask. It's an insane play. It is uh, a testament to how talented Patrick Mahomes really is. So I'm not really worried about Patrick Mahomes cards. 
Um, and if it dips far enough, I think it would be a good opportunity to get in some Patrick Mahomes cards. So that's uh, a little bit about the Super Bowl. My thoughts there. I think what's happening is pretty interesting. Keep keep your eyes on those two cards, especially. Um, I also want to touch on a couple uh, card prices for basketball that have happened in the last week. Um, to touch on the Michael Jordan 86 Fleer PSA 10, you know, last week's story and, and, and all the news was about that card hitting $750,000. We've seen one auction since, and it actually ended at $650,000. Um, and so it's taking, it took a little bit of a dip right there, but that's, you know, it had grown from 350000 from the week prior. So still a huge increase, still a huge card, uh, and it's still driving the market right now. What's happening with that card? Do we see maybe a cool off a little bit before it hits a million dollars? Maybe. I mean, that wouldn't be... That would make sense with the crazy increase that card has seen, um, but we are seeing that potentially cool off. I don't really know. There's a ton of demand still coming to the market, so I still think that card continues to go up, but we'll see. Uh, in the last week, it hasn't broken that $750,000 record, um, so probably good for the hobby to slow down for a hot minute here and see what ends up happening. The LeBron James Topps Chrome and the Kobe Bryant Topps Chrome rookie cards are approaching, and PSA 10s are approaching $40,000, uh, have already surpassed $40,000. So something to keep an eye on. I don't know when that correction is coming, if that correction is coming, but there's still probably room in those cards as well. I wish I'd picked up a, a LeBron James Topps Chrome PSA 10 back in October. I'd really thought about it, almost pulled the trigger on it. <clears throat> At the time, it was a $10,000 card, which would have already been a huge card for me. Uh, the biggest card for me ever. And so I didn't do it then. You know, of course, we all regret the decisions that we didn't make sometimes. Um, but that those card prices are going to continue to go up. There's one other card that I think is really interesting that's, that I think is fun to look at, uh, especially with what's happening to it in the last week, which is uh, the Kobe Bryant um, two, 1996 uh, EX2000 Stardate 2000 insert in a PSA 10. Um, this card is starting to set a record and, and, and set the bar for what, what I'm going to deter call going forward, low pop, uh, Kobe and LeBron rookies. Uh, these are, I think this is where the opportunity actually lies right now in the card market for those vintage players is low pop PSA 10 cards. Um, and, and, and subsequently their PSA nines, um, because the, the population on the PSA tens is so low. So want to take a quick look at this card to see what's happening over the last week. Again, this is the 1996 EX 2000 Kobe Bryant star date insert, uh, in a PSA 10. There's only 89 of these cards graded a PSA 10 super low pop for a Kobe rookie there. The last sale for it was in January 31st for about $39,000. There is currently an auction on eBay going for about $70,000 with two and a half hours left. Uh, I've got my eye on that auction. I think that's really interesting. I think it's setting the bar for low pop Kobe rookie cards and for uh, low pop um, LeBron James rookie cards as well. So keep an eye on that. Cool. Let's uh, get into the meat of today's episode, which is my rankings and tiers for uh, active NBA players. Um, so the purpose of this is to kind of identify where I want to play in the modern basketball market right now. Um, there are a lot of opportunities, especially right now with the attention on vintage. Um, so I think it's an important exercise that I get to, that I do for myself. And I think it's a, a fun one. Um, actually this question came at 
uh, came to me by a friend of mine, uh, Vanson Athletic Attitude Cards is his Instagram. Appreciate this question. I actually did a little bit of this question on my live that I posted yesterday on Instagram, uh, but I wanted to dedicate some time on my show actually to go through this as well because I thought it was a fun topic. So let's get into it. Tier one of modern basketball players. Tier one by himself, all by himself is LeBron James. Um, No explanation needed there. He is by far the best investment in my opinion because he's got both the short-term upside of of, um, uh, the playoffs coming up where they might repeat and he's also got the long-term upside because of his legacy of already being a top two, top three player of all time in, in basketball. So again, tier one, all by himself, LeBron James. I, I, don't, I don't think there's, I think if you put a hundred percent of your money into LeBron James right now, that, that would be the best decision you could make. It's a great investment right now. So I could, I keep LeBron. I put in as much money as I can into LeBron, you know, here and there. I, I have a ton of LeBron right now. I'm glad I do. And I'm slowly adding to that collection as I move forward. Um, and finding different LeBron cards to add. But tier one, LeBron James, uh, again, best place to be putting your money right now with the short-term and long-term upside since he's still currently playing in the NBA. Tier two. Uh, In tier two, I put uh, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and Kevin Durant in tier two. Um, Also, great investments. Steph's having an insane year right now. Kawhi Leonard's having a really good year and Kevin Durant are all having really, really good years right now with each of them with two championships under their belt. Uh, Steph's got three, um, but with each of them having uh, two or three championships under their belt um, and MVPs and things like that, uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong on either on any of these players either. The caveat being, I think that there might be an opportunity to get back into some Steph cards in the offseason unless Golden State just continues on this run and is actually very, very competitive. I would think, theoretically, that at some point Steph cards, if they get eliminated from the playoffs, will take a dip. Uh, I would love to get in on Steph cards in the offseason if that happens. I'm going to try. His tops PSA 10 rookie card is insanely low population. Um, I think there's only like 300 or something of them. Uh, and, and so it's a very valuable card. It's gone up like crazy this year. I think it's sitting at around 12,000 now, and you could have been picking that card up for, you know, half of that, uh, back in October. So, um, those are some really good guys. I put those in my tier two of, of my rankings. Um, and I think Kawhi Leonard right now is a good pickup. I think Kevin Durant is too. I've been putting money into both of those guys because I think they'll be competing for the championship this year and they look really good. Um, and I think for Kevin Durant, all you really needed to see was the fact that he looked really good after his Achilles injury and his prices have reflected that. Again, I think that the opportunity in Kevin Durant cards is low pop Kevin Durant cards. Um, I think there's a great opportunity there. So do your research on Kevin Durant. I think there's some good value to be had there on different cards other than his rookie top scrum PSA 10 or PSA 9. Um, and then Kawhi, his 2012 Prism PSA 10. I've bought three of them in the past week. I think they're a good buy just because I think that the Clippers are going to be in the conversation and will get a ton of pre-playoff hype uh, and kind of a revenge story will take hold uh, after their 3-1 to one loss last year. So uh, I think you're going to see that happen. I think that storyline will be great for Kawhi cards. Um, so uh, that's tier two. Can't go wrong. And those guys, I would definitely be putting money in either tier one or tier two. 100% of it split between those four guys somewhere, somehow, uh, would be a great use of funds, I think, if you're going to play in the modern market. Tier three. Uh, tier three for me is 
guys that I think are actually really good flips potentially. I, I, I'm using this tier three as a potential flip category because I think that they're going to, they have accolades and they also have short-term upside. Um, and so those three guys for me are Anthony Davis, Giannis, and James Harden. Um, so I put those three guys in tier three. Um, and again, I've put in some money on AD and James Harden. I did the, I put some money into the James Harden, uh, rookie cards, um, before the trade, a PSA nines and PSA tens of his tops rookie card. Um, and those have done well for me. Um, and I think that again, the nets are a favorite, I think in my mind to coming out of the East, they look really good and I don't think they're done yet. Um, I think that they're going to add another piece for the defensive side of what they do. Uh, and I think that they're in the talks for potentially getting a, a five, like, a, like an Andre Drummond or something, or a buyout guy who can add better defense than DeAndre Jordan can as the, as the five on that team. I, I think keeping Kevin Durant at the five is not a sustainable solution. And I don't think they think it's a sustainable solution. So I, I, I believe they're going to do something about it, which will solidify their, their being them being the favorites coming out of the East. Um, Giannis is in this category because Giannis is hyper talented, has the two MVPs, so he's always you know good to sprinkle in some uh, investment on Giannis. Um, but I would be thinking about Giannis a little bit more long term right now, just because I'm not a big believer the Bucks come out of the East, um, and if they don't, I think you're going to start having some Giannis fatigue. So um, I've put some money into Giannis previously. I still have a couple of his cards, uh, and not the Prism. I have a couple other cards of his, the Select and the Hoops and the hoops gold in PSA 10s. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I think that if he gets some pre-playoff hype and gets some upside coming in the short term right before the playoffs, I might actually move off of my Giannis stuff in the short term because um, I think there's going to be other buying opportunities for Giannis. And AD right now is just super cheap at around $2,000 for his Prism PSA 10. Um, I think it's just a really good price. And again, I think the Lakers are going to be in the conversation to repeat. So tier three of my modern active players right now is AD, Giannis, and James Harden. Tier four. I put Luca all by himself in tier four. I think he is the undisputed best investment you could be putting money into for any of the really, really young guys, the under 20, you know, three, 22 type of players that have a ton of potential, but also hold a lot of risk. Um, so out of all those players, I do think Luca is the guy. He's got the potential to be a top 10 all-time player, top 15 all-time player. Again, I would be holding Luca or be thinking about him as a long-term hold. Um, but the upside on Luca's short-term is that the Mavericks turn it around and they start looking better or they make a move at the trade deadline and they start actually putting a team together that can potentially compete in the playoffs. If that happens, it's going to be really easy for Luca narratives to present themselves because Luca is easy to get behind as a upset candidate, as a guy who can do it and put the team on his shoulders and get through a series by himself. He's one of those guys. And so Luca's in tier four all by himself for me. Um, think he's a good pot place to be putting money in. But again, I'd be sprinkling in once I'm down under tier three, I wouldn't be putting a ton of money into these guys. I'd be putting closer to, you know, if you're going to put Say you have 100% of you have you've got a, a bucket of money that you're going to put into modern players. You've already identified this as kind of your risky bucket of investment. In anything underneath tier three, I would only be putting 25%. I wouldn't be putting anything more than that into below tier three 
players. That includes Luka. I wouldn't be putting a ton. I think Luka has a long career ahead of him. There are going to be other buying opportunities. So just keep that in mind. Um, I think the better flip candidates are actually in tier three, which is AD, Giannis, and James Harden. I also think Kawhi is a good flip candidate. But um, tier five, so heading into tier five, this tier is really big because it, it basically contains all the young guys that have potential but are just either on bad team or on non-playoff or championship contending teams um or don't look like they're going to be in the playoffs this year or be competing for a championship this year i put uh in that category so that's tier five i put trey young jason tatum john morant uh i put devin booker bradley beal i put zion donovan mitchell i put them all in this category uh, of guys that um, are in this tier five um, of, of of modern basketball. Fairly risky at this point because a lot has to go right for these guys to actually pan out with the amount of money that it, that you're playing with right now in the card market. So it is in crazy risky. I'm a Tatum guy. Like I really believe in Tatum, but Tatum's not a huge part of my portfolio. Um, so, you know, I talk about him. I like him but I don't have a ton of my money into Tatum. I've got way more into safer investments, but I think all these guys should be viewed that way. I'm a, I am like John Morant a lot too, so I'm sprinkling in John Morant buys as an avenue of a long-term hold, maybe three years from now, two years from now, they're really hitting their primes or they're hitting a really good year that they're having at the time, and that may be a good time to sell or move them. Um, but that's how I'd be thinking about this tier is move them fast like be ready to sell these guys and don't be holding these guys too much if you have them now and they hit an upswing say Trey goes off for four weeks and it's hitting 40 point games and all of a sudden the hawks are in the playoff contention <clears throat> they are a number five seed or whatever they end up being right that scenario exists if that happens and Trey young prices go out the roof i'd be moving Trey young same i'm going to do the same thing with my tatum cards if the celtics hit a nice stride which right now they're kind of struggling um they don't look like they're going to be coming out of the east right this second right i think that they're missing a piece i think kemba looks not so great right now and i think that's a missing piece of theirs so i'd be moving off of these guys if you uh get a a nice run up in price tier six is everybody below that and i don't have any money in these in this tier except for tyler hero and that was honestly a mistake um but this is super risky this is where if the card market has some trouble, it's going to start with this tier of players if you're investing in any of these guys. Uh, and that's just my honest to God opinion of it. You know, you do what you want with your money, uh, but this is how I think about it and the tiers I put these active modern guys in because you can pretty much be buying any player at any price as well. You may not get into the the true rookie card of an Anthony Davis or a Kawhi or a LeBron or whatever it may be, but there are other ways you can be playing in that market uh, at lower price points. So. I don't think that's necessarily an excuse to be buying tier six, tier five guys is just on the price points that you can't afford the higher guys. Uh, There are ways to get creative with those purchases. So tier six, I put in Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Tyler Hero, RJ Barrett, Jaron Jackson Jr., Rui Hachimura, Kobe White, Jalen Brown, all those guys really talented like SGA right now is showing out. I love SGA. I think he's a really good talent, but he's going to be on OKC for some time. They're probably not going to be a very good team or competing for championships anytime soon. And they're in a small market. So as much as I love SGA as a talent, I have trouble putting money into him. 
Um, Tyler Hero, guys like that, they're number twos or number threes on a championship level team. Still good guys, like they're going to be important for basketball. But from a sports card market standpoint, I wouldn't be putting too much money to these guys. That that's the tier I put them into, uh, and that's those are the main tiers. If there's any players I'm missing, I know I missed may have missed Clay Thompson in there. There are some guys like Clay and Devin Booker, Bradley Beal that have been in the league for a long time, um, and uh, you know could be good investments. But again, their situations have to change in order for them to really be uh, a viable sports card buys for me. I think Bradley Beal is a good buy for the trade. Uh, the the trade that's eventually going to happen for him i think clay is potentially a good buy but his prices are not actually that cheap there's not a ton of his cards he's already over a thousand for a prism psa 10 for clay he's in the 2012 class so you know there's certain guys that i haven't quite figured out how i think about them um but those are my tiers for modern basketball i hope you enjoyed that that was a, a really fun activity and and and, and uh, part of the show for me so i hope you enjoyed that the last segment of the show is uh, uh, sports card fundamentals, and I just kind of wanted to touch on a topic here uh, really quickly before I end the show for anybody who's new into the hobby and wish, I know this is something that I was I wish I was told when I first started, and it's simple as how do you ship a card, especially a graded card, how do you ship it to make sure that your, your buyers are receiving cards in good shape, they're getting there on time, uh, and how to secure and make sure that you're doing that safely because if a card gets lost, or if it's not the card that the buyer wants, or it's not in good shape when they get it, uh, easy way to really take a huge hit in the card market that can be easily avoided. So when I'm shipping a graded sports card, if it's, I used kind of the 400 to $500 mark as my baseline, if I'm going to use priority mail, or if I'm going to use first class mail at the USPS, um, say it's a $300 card and you're going to do first class mail, um, that's okay. What you want to do is take a small envelope and what's important here, however you end up doing it is to double bubble it. <clears throat> make sure that card is protected in transit. You don't want to make, you want to make sure that card gets to the person that you're selling that card to safely. So put it in here. I put it in uh, the small envelope first, right? Seal that up and then put that into my little, my bigger envelope right here. And I think these are like four by sixes and these are five by sevens. You can get them on Amazon. Uh, very, you know, they're inexpensive, but double bubble it. Don't cheap out on how you actually ship your cards. Um, that's really important. If it's over a $500 card, start using, I would suggest or recommend using first class or priority mail in a the small uh, box, uh, flat rate boxes that come from the USPS. So this is what it looks like. Um, all the bubble wrap that you get for uh, from car people who send you cards, save all that bubble wrap because it comes into use when you start wanting to put it into uh, your your priority mailbox uh, for shipping. What I do for that card is I actually put it into one of my smaller envelopes. Again, I actually bubble wrap around this envelope. Make sure that when you put it in the box, there's not a lot of movement. It's not moving around. So put enough bubble wrap in there that it's going to stay where it is inside the box. So it's not shaking while it's in transit. Um, that I hope helps just a simple kind of basic uh, part of the hobby that I wish I knew when I first started. Um, but that's all on Sports Card Fundamentals. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I really appreciate it. Again, like, rate, review, and share if you like what you're hearing. Um, love the support. DM me on Instagram if you've got any questions or if you like what you hear or if you want me to cover any topics in the future when it comes to any of the fundamentals or any other topics that you want to hear about. So 
Thanks again. Again, follow me on Instagram at the slap talk uh, and have a good day. Appreciate it.